1: Let's dive into some other things in the minor leagues. Got to start with Dylan Cruz. Dylan Cruz is going to make his debut in uh, what I'll say like his full season baseball uh, in a ball with the Fredericksburg Nationals on Saturday. So if you're listening to this pod, when it drops on Friday, we're taping on Thursday night. uh, This coming weekend, Saturday, uh, is when he's going to make his debut. If it's already Saturday, you should check the box score and see how he fared. Uh, I cannot wait. We're going to go uh, a little show field trip. Are you coming down with us, by the way?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't all miss right. it.
1: We're piling in the car with my kids. We're headed down 95. Uh, yeah, they got to go see Gus, and Toby's got to go see Dylan Cruz. But um, what, what happened was it was interesting. So Cruz made his debut as a professional, like all altogether, after several days of trying to get in some shape and hadn't played baseball in a little while post-draft. They had him at the facility. Then he played one game in the Complex League, He had three at-bats. This was on – this was today. This was Thursday. Three at-bats. He saw three pitches, and he had three hits. (laughs) He had a double and two singles. He was first pitch swinging three times and had three hits. Uh, Having seen the video, the double was to right center. The first single, I think, was uh, in the 5-5 hole and, you know, between short and third. And I'm pretty sure the other knock was, like, right back up the box. So he saw three pitches and had three hits in his debut. And I think they'd already made up, I think they had the plan in place, frankly, before he he played in that game. But as soon as the game had ended, um, you know, I was able to, to track someone down and, and found out that he was going to be playing in Fredericksburg. So here we go. If you are a fan of the Fred Nats, if you're in the Fredericksburg area or the DC area and you want to see Dylan Cruz, I mean, I'm sure they're going to sell out and tickets are selling quickly, but it's going to be a hell of a night at the ballpark to watch the LSU Tiger College World Series champion, who was the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy winner, the Golden Spikes Award winner in college baseball this year, and the number two overall pick, make his much-anticipated debut this weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you get the chance, go down there this weekend and see him Saturday and Sunday, because they go on the road for their next series, and they'll come home for the next series. But at this point, Grant, I mean, I don't know how long Dylan Cruz is going to be in A-Ball. I would expect at some point in the near future, he ends up in Double A as well, so... I mean, unless you want to drive up to Harrisburg, if you're up that direction, maybe you want to go see him at Harrisburg when he gets up there. But if you're in this area, you want to go down to Fredericksburg and see this guy because this is the future of the Nats. You know, you've had the opportunity to see James Wood when he's coming out down here to Bowie, and, you know, he's hit a couple of home runs. I'm sure we'll hit on that in just a couple of minutes. But Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Brady House, those guys are the future of this franchise. You know, you get a couple of the guys in the major leagues, but those three in particular I think are going to be real – big impact players for this organization going forward and finally getting to see Dylan Cruz, this guy that just tore up the sec. Like you said, the golden spikes award winner, that guy's a Washington national. I don't think we can just let that, you know, it's not something that you can breeze over. Like that guy is going to be wearing a curly W for a long time for this organization. So it's a good thing to see and excited to see him in Fredericksburg.
1: It's still kind of stunning. They got him at number two because he was, he came into the season. He ended the season. As well, the best player in college baseball, and I mean, we were all over Skeens, and we talked for hours on this pod about how exciting it would be if, if they added him. But typically, the best bat in the country, when that best bat is is pretty special, goes one one, and it didn't happen this year. And then the Nats are the beneficiaries in adding twenty one year old Dylan Cruz. Uh, we've talked a lot about him, but just kind of to remind people about Cruz. Most batted balls over 100 miles per hour in college since 2020. His first two years, his max exit velocity was 115, and his 90th percentile exit velo was 108. He actually took skeins on in the game the year before he transferred to LSU, and he had a 413-foot home run off of him. Had exit velocities of 111 and 109. Um, I just like how he handled Velo. My favorite stat about him, I've, I've, I think every time he comes up, I, I try to bring this up for people who haven't heard it or new listeners, he had 53 plate appearances at LSU that ended with velocities of 95 or more. Chase Davis, who was drafted out of Arizona in the Pac-12, and Brock Wilkin out of Wake Forest in the ACC uh, had five and six respectively. Again, plate appearances that ended at 95 plus. And what that means, Dylan Cruz had 53, they combined for 11. He just faced better pitching. He just faced you know, the, the best college pitching in the country, and got on base in every single game that he played in this season. There was not one single game where he took an over without a walk and didn't reach base. The model of consistency, the contact is loud. I think initially it's going to be mostly doubles and on base, and the power is going to come. Uh, it's not a traditional power swing. There's almost some, some controlled violence that's Bryce Harper-esque, in my opinion in his swing, talking to people who have been around him now and, and seen him cut a bunch. uh, You remember Bryce, you'll know what I'm talking about, where it almost, if you s- slowed his swing down, it looked like an angry, like a controlled, angry swing. Dylan Cruz from the right side has some of that. But he had 71 walks against 46 strikeouts this year, slashed 426, 567, 713. Uh, it's a long track record of success. National Freshman of the Year set a record. Uh, at LSU with 18 home runs, then hit 22 as a sophomore before solidifying himself as the best bat in the country this season. But yeah, as you said, I take pride in this too, man. I, I could hear the excitement in your voice like he's a national and uh, it's cool. We'll see his first game in Fredericksburg. But how about that debut in the Florida Golf Coast or the Florida Coast League in the FCL? Three pitches, three hits. I don't think I've ever heard anything like that.
0: No, I love it. I love the fact that he's being aggressive. I mean, he's obviously much better than the talent that's down there and pretty cool. I mean, he was taking BP off of Tanner Rainey and Carl Edwards Jr. down there as well. So he's getting a, a full immersement down there and excited to see what he's going to do. What do you think is the timeline? I think that's one thing that's kind of cool with drafting a guy like Dylan Cruz, you know, as, compo- you know, comparing him to a guy like Brady House that this team drafted a while ago, or even Elijah Green last year is you know, you draft those guys, you're probably not going to see those guys unless they're just, you know, transcendent talents. You're not going to see those guys for a couple of years. There's a realistic timeline, Grant, where you could see Dylan Cruz wearing a curly W playing at Nationals Park with the big league club by the middle to end of next season. So I think that's exciting for people that are Nationals fans because sometimes it's hard, let's be honest, with, you know, prospects. You We cover them all the time, but, you know, that casual fan that just kind of sees on draft night like, Oh, they drafted this dude. I'm not going to see him for five years. You know, those sort of things happen. But I don't think that's going to be the case with Dylan Cruz. So what do you think is going to be the timeline that he could get up, you know, and be with the big league club? That's a good
1: question. I think what you're going to see this summer is they're going to give a few of their affiliates an opportunity to benefit from him. So in other words, you send him to Fredericksburg, not coincidentally during a weekend of a big homestand, so they'll get a huge gate and sell out on Saturday night, I'm sure. And then they'll probably get a real nice gate on Sunday. I think they have a bobblehead day on Sunday as well. So those two games before he hits the road, maybe he's there for the next homestand when they come back after a week on the road. I'm not sure. Uh, but I would think then they'd send him to Wilmington to A-plus ball. And you give that affiliate a chance to do the same thing that Fred Nats did today. I got an email to my inbox at 2 in the afternoon or something saying, you know, Nationals phenom Dylan Cruz will play at, I forget what the name of their ballpark is down there in Fredericksburg now, uh, you know, on on Saturday night. Buy your tickets now. So they'll do the same thing maybe with Wilmington. What I w- what I really hope, though, is he gets to double-A before the end of this season, even if it's a cup of coffee, even if it's 8, 10, 12 games. I think the bulk of, of his time will be spent maybe below that, and I'm fine with that. Uh, the SEC is probably on par. I, I would say it might even be a little better than, than what he's going to see in Fredericksburg. Uh, Certainly the good pitching is maybe better than he'd see in Fredericksburg, but maybe somewhere between that and Wilmington or or close to, you know, a a plus level baseball probably. But I want him in double-A at the end of the year. And then the answer to your question for me is early next season, he starts the year at double-A or he gets to double-A really quickly. And I think he's in the major leagues around the all-star break probably. Uh, maybe a little bit after, like if you fast forward a year from right now, I think he is adjusting in the major leagues. Um, Whether he's been there a week or a month, I'm not really sure, but I think he's in the big leagues a year from now. I think James Woods in the big leagues a year from now. I'm not as convinced, but I think there's a decent chance Brady house could be in the big leagues a year from now. And when you start to think about it that way, like that's pretty fun, right? I mean, if you're going to Nats park, and James Wood is in center. Although I I hope they move him to a corner just to save his body because he's so big. It's like playing Aaron Judge in center. But let's say he's in center and Dylan Cruz is in left and Lane Thomas is in right. Doesn't matter. You could flip Wood and and uh and Cruz. Um and then you've got House at third with Abrams and maybe Garcia at second with perhaps a bat that they add, a veteran bat, a candelario type you know, at first base or something like all of a sudden, that's a lot more interesting team than what we've been dealing with all year. And while it's a little bit bullish, I don't think it's unrealistic at all. Like these guys are going to have to now earn it. They're not going to give them anything, but you're in double a. And they've they've been in double a for a few weeks. You know, Cruz is the only guy who's not. and, And I promise you he'll be there fast. So once you get there, the nationals have, I mean, look at Juan Soto. How many games did he spend in double-A? Like, they don't wait very long as soon as you prove you can do it. I, I think they believe the philosophy that I believe in, which is if you can play in double-A, you can play in the majors. Not to say it's the same thing. It's way, way harder. But there's a consistency element just from a sheer stuff, and, and like, that's where a lot of the high-end prospects are. So I, I would bet his ETA, if I had to pick a month and like, My life's on the line. I would say he's in the big leagues next year in
0: August, July, something like that. Love it. Love it. And that's the cool thing about this season, Grant. You just laid it out. Coming into this season, if you would have asked any Nationals fan, one, when they would see those guys, and then two, when do you think they could realistically contend, I think you probably would have had to push it back a year. I think you would have thought maybe House, you know, we we weren't sure where House was going to be you know, this season, because coming into this year, he wasn't a top 100 prospect. He'd fallen out of some of those publications, top 100. And then you think about James Wood and his ascension this year and other guys. I mean, you were looking at 2025 when maybe those guys could come up and then 2026 when this team, you know, when some of those guys got a cup of coffee in the big leagues and kind of got to learn. And then maybe the next year they could contend. I mean, you're looking at pushing up a year, you know, you're looking at those guys playing with the big league club next season You're looking at hopefully those guys learning and being competitive and hopefully winning in 2025. I mean, look at what the O's have done, right? Last year, a lot of those guys were able to come up and or the impact guys were able to come up and they were competitive, but they didn't get to the playoffs and look where they're at this year. That's what you're hoping if you're the Nationals, where 2024 is going to be a fun year. We've, you know, we've watched all these guys this season. Those guys are going to continue to get better. You're calling up some more of the young guys. But hopefully by 2025, I mean, this is an aggressive timeline. I, I understand that. And maybe it's more realistic that they're still going to be more competitive in 2026. But realistically, you could look at 2025 as a big league ball club that's competitive once again. And that's why I think you have to consider this season a success because I don't think coming into the season – many fans would have thought that realistically in two years, this team could be competing for at least a wild card spot in the playoffs. Once again. Yeah, totally right. I mean, I I completely agree with you. And look, is it
1: when you say, well, maybe I'm being a little bit aggressive. Sure. But did people think that the, the reds would get the results that they have from all the young guys they've called up, catch fire and be where they are. Did people think the Orioles last year would hang? and be in the mix until the very end of the season or kick everybody's ass all over the American league this year, like they have, I mean, when you're dealing with young players, it's up to them, but the the default setting, even for people like me who love the minor leagues is you expect them to struggle. If CJ Abrams is plays all of next year, like he has here recently, and he's an all-star shortstop. And let's just say either wood or house comes up and, has a huge rookie season and wins NL rookie of the year or something like that, or plays at that level, you know, for the last two months of the year and God forbid, they actually spend a little bit of money. I mean, we don't know they could sell the team now possibly uh, with some of the developments with the Masson deal. Maybe Ted Leonsis buys the team early in the off season. And they actually, I don't know, sign a veteran who's good. <laughs> I know that that's illegal around here. The last few years, like th- there is a path to them. I don't think being a playoff team next year. I think that's insane, but, You you said being competitive, like the Orioles last year kind of thing, where you're pesky, you're a thorn in the side. Like, there are some fans that want to buy at the deadline, even though we'll all know it's a bad idea, and then they won't. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that, yeah, we're, we're probably putting the cart before the horse. I'm just saying... Like, it's crazy until it, it it isn't anymore, right? Like, it was crazy for Reds fans to say all this at the beginning of the year. Oh, yeah, I'm sure Matt McClain's going to hit 300, and Andrew Abbott's never going to give up a run for 56 starts, and, and Ellie De La Cruz is going to come up and light the league on fire. And, you know, we, we could go round and around with all the stuff that had to happen, but look at them. I mean, they may win the NL Central. Um, So I get where you're coming from there.